0: Have you had days like these, wake up, plan stuff, do other stuff, and go to bed? Or you're putting everybody else's needs before yours? Or finish a day saying, I got so much procrastination done today. Maybe you're having a problem of self-sabotage. What is self-sabotage? Have you ever wondered what makes people capable of creating changes that impact their lives and the world around them? What is their way of thinking, their mentality, their patterns, their perceptions of the world, their reactions to different live events? What influences them? My name is Cristina Puyol, and I invite you to join me in this adventure where we will explore together the mind of change makers. Self-sabotage refers to behaviors or thought patterns that hold you back and prevent you from doing what you want to do. It is undermining your own goals and values. There is something that you genuinely want but then take action in direct conflict with that goal. Self-sabotage is shooting for the moon but aiming at your foot. It can also be referred as self-defeating behavior or standing in your own way. In any case, it interferes with the best laid plans and goals. Examples of self-sabotage, well, we're trying to lose weight, but reach out for that ice cream. We want a better position at work, but we don't speak about it because we fear not performing well. You have a deadline and have enough time to do everything, but you just had to watch that movie and then binge Netflix. You fight with a person now that he or she is getting closer to you. There is really an endless sea of ways to sabotage oneself, and it can be dressed up in many different ways to the point of no recognition. And in what areas? Well, we have tons of opportunities to self-sabotage. It won't be because of lack of areas. How about like money, dating, relationships, accomplishment, bosses? public appearances, happiness, health and body, showing your talents, dealing with family members, dealing with authority figures, facing bureaucracies, clerks, doing a job that you don't like, you name it. In this, we are so creative and prolific. No matter how healthy of a person you are, there is definitely at least one area of your life where you might be a pro at sabotaging yourself. Self-sabotage can be done in many ways. Here is a list of popular methods of self-sabotage. Freezing, running away, hiding, not acting, acting to your disadvantage, not asking, performing below your capabilities, procrastinating, picking fights you shouldn't, injuries, but not all of them, accidents, of course not all of them, self-harm, not showing up, sleeping in, being late, suffering from internal conflicts, drowning in self-pity, not standing up for yourself, indecisiveness, temper issues, a lot of temper issues, (laughs) excessive worrying, negative habits, being isolated, emotional eating, impulsive spending, self-sacrifice, and I can go on. If none of this has ever happened to you, then you might not be practicing any type of self-sabotage. Ole, ole, ole. (laughs) But if any of these sounds close, familiar, or has happened to you, then you might want to keep listening. We could talk about three levels of self-sabotage. Conscious self-sabotage. You know it's happening. It happens when you are aware that you are undermining some of your goals and or values. Semiconscious self-sabotage. You remember later that you knew this happens when you do something that undermines some goal and or value but you realize after the fact you lost a job position and realize afterwards that you probably missed several deadlines for that position because of your fears unconscious self sabotage you have no clue that you're doing this and this happens when you do something that undermines goals or values but you have really no clue yet that you're doing so. So you're blaming a million other things or people. You develop habits that will undermine your desire or goal and you either blame it on others or you take an identity that cannot accomplish that. For example, people who have a strong fear of failure in their jobs often develop the unconscious habit of showing up late, doing sloppy work, doing work under their capabilities or their abilities and in this way they avoid promotions or increase responsibility which would lead to a higher expectation and therefore a higher chance of failure. So are you self-sabotaging in any area of your life? How does it look like in your life? As I said, there are countless ways of sabotage, remember the long list I mentioned before? But the most widely used and recognizable ones are 1. Procrastination. That's very common. It's one of the most universal forms of self-sabotage because by definition, we are delaying something that we know we should be doing, and it's good for us. Like skipping the gym, delaying writing that book that you know you want to get out. Procrastination typically has an underlying cause, such as feeling overwhelmed by what you need to do. There's just too many things or too many unknowns, so it just feels like a mountain. Trouble managing your time, doubting your ability or skills, habitual constant shifting of task, which leads to poor focus and easy distractions, and the feeling that we're doing something but we're just busy doing something else. And today, we are bombarded with distractions, which make it even easier to procrastinate. Second, substance abuse. Alcohol, drug, or tobacco abuse is a common form of self-sabotage. It might have a short-term benefits, but consistent abuse of drugs and alcohol almost always is a problem long term, and sometimes not so long term, and it interferes with our long term goals, our values, and our relationships. Number three is overeating or stress eating. Many people turn to food as a way to cope with stress and anxiety because it temporarily makes you feel good and it distracts you from the pain. but. We all know that in the long run, it is sabotaging important values like maintaining a healthy diet or a healthy life, being physically fit, having energy. Number four, interpersonal conflict. This is when we pick up fights with friends or partners or dating people who are not right for you. Many people find themselves in the habit of intentionally abandoning or ruining otherwise healthy friendships and romantic partnerships because they're afraid. I will add number 5 also, which is chronic lateness, which in some cultures, like the Spanish one, is more accepted than others, but when someone is consistently late, it's often a sign of self-sabotage. Now, it's important to know that these things mention all these lists, it can happen to everyone, and that might not mean self-sabotage, but when they become habitual with negative effects, then it's worth taking a look and see what's going on. So what's causing self-sabotage? Here is the $1 million question, but there are many ways it can dress up. So there's also many, many ways it develops and it takes root in our lives. There's no one reason why self-sabotage happens normally. And also some behaviors and actions can be the same, but it can come from a different root cause. There is though one common thing, and that is that your self-sabotage, at some point you learned that it was useful, that it works well, but that works may be more like work well and today it's not working anymore or it actually never worked, it just saved you from a major fear or lesson about situation. These behaviors help you get over the challenges with a past situation like a traumatic childhood event or a toxic relationship. They might have relaxed you or saved you, but these methods of coping can now be the cause of your current difficulties, especially when the original situation is no longer present. If you want to change self-sabotage, and anything for that matter, first thing is important to find out what function is this behavior serving or was serving. Before you can undo an unhealthy behavior, it is very helpful to understand the function it serves. So let's see some big factors that can have started or created the self-sabotage. One is the patterns learned in childhood. These are very often unconscious, as we forget some parents learned when we were really young. What's familiar, we tend to repeat, but this can be sometimes really unhealthy. Some example, you were in a family with little food, no one share, and you had to eat fast and first to get something. So now, you continue to eat fast and first, and your friends and family are always mad at you, and you're overweight. You lost a loved one as a child, so you learn not to get attached to anyone and lose the opportunity for true meaningful connections. These are patterns that we get attached to because they mean something to us and might be hard to give up. Examples of toxic upbringing or bad situations are all you heard at home were critiques and you rarely received compliments. Whatever you did was never good enough. You often heard you're just like your mother or your father and that was not a good thing. You got labeled like you were clumsy, you speak funny. You felt ignored in some way, so why should anyone listen to you now? You were never allowed to have a different opinion from your parents. Parents of the opposite gender were abusive or ignorant, so other must be the same. You failed at public speaking at a young age. Someone made fun of you, even in an innocent way. Another factor that can start self-sabotage are past relationship dynamics. If you have been in relationships where you couldn't speak up because the person in the relationship always picked a fight or always used emotional sabotage, you may have ended up not expressing your true feelings or lost the ability to advocate for yourself or settled to be quiet to avoid conflict, anger, or rejection in all situations. Fear of failure. When you don't want to fail in a relationship at your dream job, or in some situation, you might unintentionally sabotage your own efforts to do well. Wanting to avoid failure can lead you to avoid trying. If you don't try, you can fail, right? So your unconscious mind might present you with excuses of all sorts and kinds and all kinds of ways to sabotage yourself. For example, imagine you're in a newer relationship that's going really well. So well, in fact, you believe it's only a matter of time before something will happen This is too good to be true. You don't want to face the end, so you begin retreating from your partner, closing yourself off emotionally, and starting arguments. Generally speaking, you're motivating to bring about your own failure so you aren't surprised when it happens. Fourth is a need for control. This is a big one. Self-sabotaging behaviors can develop from your need to control the outcome of a situation. Some types of self-sabotage provide this sense of control. What you're doing may not be great for your mental health or relationship, but it helps you stay in control when you feel vulnerable and it feels better than the possibility of getting out of control. This can happen in relationships like we talked before. Opening up to someone emotionally can feel incredibly vulnerable. By keeping things in, you maintain what feels like control. But at the end of the day, you aren't experiencing the rewards of building intimacy. We explained this in the previous example, where not wanting to face the end, you retreat and start creating the atmosphere to bring about the closure of the relationship. This makes you feel like you are controlling your own produced failure, but you're missing out in so many other possibilities. Number five is familiarity, which has to do with patterns learned as a child. As I said, people like to be consistent. We even tend to choose consistency over our own contentment. If you're used to being or feeling overlooked, mistreated, or exploited, it's strangely reassuring to put yourself in that same position. You've probably been there your whole life, and while you might not be happy, it is known, it is familiar, and that is preferably to the unknown many abusers have been previously abused. If you had an abusive or ignorant parent and if your home was full of drama, guess what? You will make sure that your relationships will be full of drama and that your partner will behave in a similar abusive way that's familiar to you. You will look for that kind of a partner and you will encourage behavior that's familiar to you. If you don't have the experience of a healthy relationship from your youth, it's quite hard to have a healthy relationship later in life. It doesn't have to be that way, but it is a pattern that is easier to repeat because it's familiar. Many of these have the underlying factor of self-worth. If you feel undeserving of success or happiness, you will sabotage yourself. There is something called in social psychology the concept of cognitive dissonance. Festinger proposed that people experience discomfort when they hold conflicting beliefs or when their actions contradict their beliefs. People will try to reduce this dissonance to relieve the discomfort. The drive to resolve dissonance is called the principle of cognitive consistency. People like to be consistent. Our brains like to be consistent. We like our actions to be in sync with our beliefs and values. When they aren't, we make an effort to line them up again. That can help us grow and change in positive ways, but also it can have a very negative effect. If we start to pile up victories and accomplishments, yet we view ourselves as flawed, worthless, incapable, deficient, or not deserving, we will make adjustments to get rid of the dissonance. Some of the most ruined people strive to work hard and aim high because they feel they need to make up for a self-imposed sense of inadequacy. But when the fruits of their labor lead to good things, whether it be material benefits or increasing status or power, they start sabotaging themselves. It may feel bad to fail, but it can feel even worse to succeed. So, how do we stop self-sabotage for good? Well, as Bob Neward, Dr. Switzer said, Stop it! <laughs> stop it! <laughs> if you want to stop self-sabotaging, stop it. No, if you want to stop self-sabotaging, first thing is to identify it and then to understand why you're doing it, what need is filling Then get creative about identifying healthier, less destructive ways to get the need met. So this is just a summary of how we can do it. So step one is identify the behaviors and learn what sets you off. We cannot change anything that we're not aware of. It's not always easy to examine your actions deeply enough to note patterns of self-sabotage. We tend to avoid it for as long as possible until we have no choice but to face it. If you feel comfortable examining your behavior to find patterns, it helps to look at areas in your life where things seem to regularly go wrong. What are common factors? For example, maybe you begin picking fights when relationships seem to be going well, or maybe you have a pattern of quitting jobs right after being promoted. Once you figure out how sabotage once you figure out how you sabotage yourself, take note of when you do these things. What makes you feel like you have to act out. Maybe an angry tone in your partner's voice reminds you of being yelled at in childhood. You always shut down, even when the anger isn't directed at you. Other triggers that often put self-sabotaging behaviors into motion can be boredom, fear, things not going well, self-doubt, I invite you to track your triggers in a journal. Also, practicing mindfulness or non-judgmental awareness of your thoughts and behaviors in the present moment can also help. When you're identifying the cause, you also want to analyze or or see, pay attention to what are the negative emotions that are holding you back. Behind self-sabotage, there's always severe negative thinking and negative feelings. After identifying behaviors and learning what sets you off, understand the need that your self-sabotage feels. Most people who try to stop self-sabotaging make the mistake of approaching it like, let's do it, getting tough on myself, and they tell this is the time where I'm finally gonna get my stuff together and stop this nonsense. But by being tough on yourself, is itself or can be a form of self-sabotage because while it feels good in the moment, it usually leads you to miss the most important first step in overcoming self-sabotage, understanding what need the self-sabotaging behavior feeds. And you can't do that without some self-compassion. Before getting tough on yourself and committing to changing, get compassionate with yourself and commit to understanding. In order to recognize that your self-sabotage is serving a purpose, you have to be able to suspend judgment about the ultimate negative consequences of the behavior and be understanding enough to see that it was serving or it is serving a function, at least for some time. It's only when you understand that your self-sabotage is feeling a need that you will be able to cultivate alternate behaviors to feel that need. And it's only when you get that need met In another way that you will be able to get rid of it for good after that we identify an alternative healthy behavior that can fill that need once you got a clear understanding of what need is your self-sabotaging feeling the next step to generate ideas for alternate behaviors that address that need but in a positive way some way that is not hurting you often just getting the clarity of what is the need it will be enough trigger ideas and change the behaviors, but sometimes it takes a little bit more discovery and research. One of the best ways to develop alternative behaviors for your self-sabotage is to study other people like you. In NLP, we call this modeling. Come out first with a list of people that you know with similar circumstances. For example, if eating young food is a way for you to de-stress from work, find People that have high-stress jobs and see how they deal with that stress. Do a little research, reach out to them, ask them how they handle the stress at work, collect all the ideas from a list of people, and finally start trying on yourself for two or three weeks. Experiment or even for just one week. Experiment each of the ways and see what helps you, what feels good, and what doesn't seem helpful. Number four, is anticipate and plan for obstacles. Even if you've identified the underlying need and healthier set of behaviors to address it, you still need to anticipate potential obstacles to using those new behaviors. If your alternative behavior to stress eating after work is to have a small healthy snack instead of binging on junk food, what might get in the way of that new behavior? Well, what if you don't have enough? of that healthy snack stuck up in your house, what if you go out for drinks with co-workers, what if your spouse just baked some very nice thing when you got in through the door and it just smells amazing. It's easy to stick to new behaviors and good intentions when the conditions are just right, but if you want to eliminate self-sabotage for good, you also need to plan when things are not so right. For example, with the previous situation, if you want to make sure you choose healthy snacks after work, make sure you have a reoccurring purchasing from Amazon, for example. If you want to call a friend to address feelings of loneliness instead of drinking, make sure you have a list of two or three friends, not just one, in case one of them is not available. If you want to take a break and go for a walk for 20 minutes instead of playing that video game, make sure that you don't have the video games easily accessible. It's not enough to have good alternative behaviors to self-sabotage. You also need a contingency plan for the unexpected obstacles that will arise when you first start to implement them. Practice getting comfortable with the uncomfortable. It's normal to feel afraid of rejection, failure, and other emotional pain. These things are generally not fun to deal with. This becomes problematic when the steps you take involve self-sabotage. You might prevent unwanted experiences, but you also are bound to miss out on things you want such as strong relationships, close friends, or career opportunities. No matter how well you strategize and educate on your new alternative behaviors, it will emotionally be hard at times, even if, if you have a handful of good food within arm reach it will still suck not to have that Dorito. (laughs) Even if your best friend picks up the phone giving up on immediate euphoria, it's gonna feel strange to stop drinking. Even if you go for that walk or get back to work instead of playing video games, you're still gonna miss the video games. Letting go of self-sabotage isn't merely an intellectual problem of planning and strategy. It is also an emotional tolerance problem in order to form any new habit or set of behaviors, you have to be able to tolerate discomfort, especially emotional discomfort. And this is just as true for replacing self-sabotaging behavior with alternative healthy behavior. The best way to practice building up your emotional tolerance is to start small. Identify the emotion that most often comes up when you let go of your old self-sabotage behavior and pursue a healthier alternative. For example, you see that you always get frustrated or you get sad or you have fear. Next, look for other places in your life where that emotion comes up, but in smaller doses. For example, you get a little frustrated when you're walking in line and there's a long line and the person in the cashier is going slow. Instead of immediately doing something to alleviate that feeling or distract yourself, practice tolerating it for a small amount of time. For example, if you're in that long line, instead of pulling up your phone, just feel it. Let it go. It's going to be like 10, 20, 30 seconds and it's going to go through you. All the emotions only take 90 seconds if you don't hold them. Then gradually build up your tolerance for that emotion in other areas of your life and then practice doing the same thing with your alternative healthy behaviors. Just because an emotion feels bad doesn't mean it's bad. And while sometimes it's uncomfortable, emotions are neither dangerous nor morally wrong. It's also important to clarify your values. This isn't the most necessary step in letting go self-sabotage, but it is the most powerful when you clarify your values and aspirations the things that truly matter most to you to your life and then connect your new healthier behaviors to that it is far easier for them to take root and grow leaving the old self-sabotaging behaviors far off in the distance the key to clarifying your values is to get beyond superficial forms of values and connect with the visceral form of your values what is really important Let's say that you want to give up watching the news as soon as you get home. Why? Because you want to do more meaningful goals. And let's say that you want to replace it with a walk. Now, why do you want to do a walk instead of watching the news? So you might say, well, because I want to get in shape. Now that is very, very mm, generic, abstract, and it's not a compelling reason. So you ask yourself, well, why do you want to get in shape? to you might want to reply well i want to have more energy and feel less tired well it's getting better but still it's quite generic so why do you want to have more energy and be less tired and then you think well i want to get home and be with my children have all the energy and then you get excited i want to play with them i don't want to be exhausted when i get back from work i want to have the energy so that i can spend the time with good quality with my children. Okay, now you have a compelling reason. Now you have clarified your values. Now you have clarified your goals. And then you can tie that to the reason why you want to go out and walk. And that's going to make it much easier for you to stick to that behavior because you have a reason that has weight. And then another thing that is really important to stop self-sabotaging is really just show up Don't wait for for perfection. Don't wait for things to be the way that they should be, exactly how you want to start a new behavior, to change something. Just show up. Just showing up will tell yourself that you believe in yourself, that you want to change something, that you want to improve something. And then it's not always easy to recognize and stop some self-sabotaging behaviors, especially patterns that you follow for years. So sometimes it's good to recognize that you may need help And there's no shame in needing professional support. There might be something present that you don't see. Sometimes it's not possible to uncover all the factors on your own. Coaching can be particularly helpful to stop self-sabotaging because at some point you might be unintentionally beginning sabotaging even the coaching process. And a good coach will pick up on this and help bring the issue which you probably weren't even aware on the surface. Each one of us can move past counterproductive behaviors. Although our behaviors may not always be our fault, it is our responsibility. Take extreme ownership of your behaviors. Consider using some of the tools provided here to guide the process, or look for some support, some therapy, some coaching sessions to help you change your self-sabotaging. Go ahead and invest in yourself. Take it slow, make it reasonable, take baby steps if necessary, don't focus on mistakes, remember to celebrate your successes. And finally, take comfort in the fact that historical legends started out as ordinary people who dealt with their personal struggles persevere and made a difference. As the poet Rumi says, your task is not to seek love, but to simply search and find all the barriers within yourself that you have built against it. I leave you in the notes a link to download a very useful exercise to analyze your self-sabotaging behavior regarding a specific goal. If you are self-sabotaging in any area of your life and you have already tried several things and cannot change it, write to me and let's have a conversation about it. Thank you for this shared time. Thank you for listening to this podcast. If you like it and find it has content that others can benefit from, share it. If you think it deserves five stars, you can leave us a review on the Apple Podcast application. A huge hug and to you,